Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. Amelia, we have a very special guest on the podcast today. I am obsessed with his own podcast. I I sometimes have to like pinch myself because I can't believe we are friends. We have Ian from Slayer Fest 98. Hi. You flatter me too much, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I invite you on my show and you call me a dickhead. What the fuck is wrong with you? Have you not had enough coffee this morning? I have not. <laughs> you, you, Dayspring, you were the only person I would wake up early to record with. Not that it's that early, but. <laughs> well, listen, it's better than my plan, which was, are you going to be up at two in the morning? <laughs> So we can record our thoughts on, I was going to call it WandaVision. I keep calling it WandaVision. Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, yeah, I I wanted to stay up for you because I adore you, but I was like, I will definitely at least be very stoned if I'm awakened to it. <laughs> okay, first of all, it's been my dream to do an episode where we're all stoned and we just laugh at shit. That actually, I'm not going to say who it was with. That actually did happen once before on the podcast. We were stoned and I had to really edit the episode to make it sound <laughs> like we really weren't stoned because it was unintentional. Like we were oh. like, oh, let's just smoke before we go on just so we can like... <laughs> you know, kiki and be chill. And it was, the episode was a fucking mess. <laughs> Ian, I'm obsessed with you. I wanted to talk about Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness with you. But before we dive in, let me just ask a couple like general questions. Okay. In general, okay. tell me a little bit about, well, I know about your podcast, but for folks at home, who probably aren't familiar with Slayer Fest 98. Do you want to give us like a quick like origin story on it? Uh yeah. So it started as just like a me and me and my ex at the time were rewatching, well, he was watching it for the first time Buffy. And I was like it was the first time I had like live tweeted a full watch of Buffy, right? Not just like a random episode. Um and me and some friends kept like ending up no matter what I would tweet, we ended up discussing Buffy like it would be like a long fucking thread and then one of them actually was like, we should start a podcast. I think it was the one that actually dropped out after episode one. Um, and the three of us started a podcast and then my other co-host dropped out by season five. And then I was like, Ooh, I can expand. So I cover like a bunch of the Marvel stuff. We do the shows episode by episode, cover all the movies. Um, but yeah, it's a, we completed our Buffy rewatch and then we're going to start um, talking about Angel, the Buffy spinoff in June. I'm obsessed with Angel. <laughs> and you will be making an appearance. Duh. I, I I will make every appearance. You just <laughs> ask me when and where and I will I will manifest. I feel like it makes sense to like Buffy and X. Like if you're to be like a fan of two different things, like Buffy and X-Men seem to like make sense together, right? I absolutely agree. I mean, there's a lot of overlapping themes. I mean, you're using sci-fi elements to examine, you know, modern issues. In Buffy's right. case, it's the horrors of adolescent. And, and later on, obviously, that morphs. And X-Men, you're using it to analyze themes of the other. And it's also really strong-willed women yeah. in these franchises that we, I mean, as a gay boy growing up, I gravitated towards. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I this, is, this is my thought. These are my thoughts in the morning. Buffy, 
X-Men and Sailor Moon. Those are the three things in my life that I think <laughs> about. Not Oh, and Charmed. I, I love Charmed <laughs> so much. And you did a live with Kevin, who I love Kevin so much. My my trainer, it's so funny. My trainer was like, you should talk to this guy. And I was like, oh, my friend told me, like, I should check you out. And he was like, oh, was it Dayspring? And I was like, actually, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I Kevin is such a great human being. And he has his own X-Men podcast he's doing now. But another thing that you and I have in common, we've had a lot of the similar guests, Steve Orlando, Leah yeah. Williams, Lenore Zan, the Leewalds. It's such a small community. Really? Right. It really is. Well, I, just, I, I mean, it's like, big, but it feels so right. Small. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I feel <laughs> I'm like, like I don't think I said that correctly. <laughs> I feel like there's like it makes it smaller when it's people that like going on podcasts. Right. Because like no one's going to do our podcasts if they don't like it, if they don't like going on podcasts. But I feel like Leah Williams and like the Leewalds and like Steve Orlando, like they like going on podcasts. So like, then it makes it like, Ooh, what's the, the, the crossover becomes a little bit smaller, right. Of like people that one that folks like us will, that would respond to folks like us and two that would want to like have fun going on a show. So I feel like, and we, you know, keep it like queer and nerdy. So like it kind of makes it smaller, even though it's big. Right. Well, what I love about your podcast is the accessibility and that was something when I was growing up, we, well, we didn't have podcasts because I'm a little old, but we had message boards and the yeah. message boards were inaccessible because there was so much toxicity and gatekeeping. And when I listened to podcasts like yours, where you're inviting groups of people in and you're having conversations, and I can always tell podcast is really good when I'm listening and I want to jump in on the conversation <laughs> and like I either agree and sometimes I disagree and that's fine. I mean, I think disagreeing is so healthy in the context of nerdy conversations, but my opinion shouldn't trump another person's opinion, you know, but your podcast just captures that spirit. Like I get so excited. And when I, when I was on your podcast <laughs> to discuss the Darla episode of Buffy season one, I just walked away feeling so good because you're such a wonderful host and you, you really just create this really awesome atmosphere. Well, I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and I had, I was with Anthony Oliveira on my other podcast, masters of comic books. And I was just listening to it a couple of months ago and I actually had called you out before I even <laughs> knew you. <laughs> well, shucks. Um, I mean, I, I want everyone to know Paul's always very flattering and I never know what to say in response. Like you're one of the few people that gets me to be like, ah, like, I don't know what to say because you're just so nice. I mean, I have that effect on that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm an auctioneer. Thank you. Now, can I please have a million dollars? Okay. Auction, auction me off to the best sugar daddy, please. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. So I, I know the answer to these next questions, but okay. let's let's let folks at home discover them. Favorite Buffy character. So, <laughs> so it's like one of those things where it's like Buffy, Willow, Cordelia, and Anya are like my favorites. Absolutely. And it just depends on sometimes it depends on what like season I've like dipped back into most recently or like what episode I've watched because like Cordelia. Cordelia and Buffy probably are like my favorites, but like I love Willow and Anya. Like I, I think Willow has a great arc. I think Cordelia, I think Willow and Cordelia have two of the best arcs. Cordelia has the best arc in the in, in the Buffy verse, in my opinion. And like the fact that Cordelia's arc is across two shows, I don't 
I can't think of a show that's done that so well, where it's like not just a 360. It's like, no, 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 like, or 180, but like, no, she's like developing and like it, it felt organic, right? Even though like it's and it's self referential as well, yeah. where she's when she's talking to Harmony in season two, was it season two of Angel, yeah. where she's here, like, I felt like I had pockets of air and now they're being filled up. And even like Harmony kind of laughs it off, but you can tell in Cordelia, she's like, No, I've really grown, and this yeah. girl doesn't get it. Let me. Let me let, let me move past this, but it just goes to show the layers that was put into that development and also charisma's acting. So good, right? I I often like. Do you think it's because of like maybe social media or something? But it's weird that a lot of those women didn't go on to like do a lot of other shit because all of them were so, like, especially the women were so talented on both those shows. Oh, I know. I I mean, I couldn't agree more. I. I mean, he who shall not be named. Right. Well, I interviewed him at Wizard, biggest dick on the face of the earth. I've said that <laughs> countless times. But, you know, at the time, the rumor was Charisma Carpenter was going to be playing Wonder Woman. She would have been a phenomenal Wonder Woman. I mean, listen, I love Gal Gadot. So, <laughs> and like, let's not go there. But, you know, it, it baffles me that her career didn't go where it should have, but I immensely talented. You know, who's another talented person I've been thinking about a lot because I'm starting a podcast about Battlestar Galactica, Trisha Helfer. My God. She has Trisha. a lot of, was she also in, um, what else was she in? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a lot of followers on Slayerfest that like talk about her, that love her. Like, she's so I know her because like people like will tweet about how much they love her. Yeah. Well, she's just great actress, great talented actress. And I'm sorry that the careers haven't gone there. And so fuck that. Hopefully the tides are turning and toxic individuals like he who shall not be named are out the door and we can give rise to really important. Like, right, like, like those women would do really well in a Marvel thing. I think. Yeah. I like I would happily take her as a carpenter. <laughs> anyway, right. I will take her by herself at a cafe, me just chatting <laughs> with her. I would have the best time. Okay. Favorite X-Man. Jubilee. Oh, wow. Actually, you know what? I didn't know that. I you may have told me, but I completely forgot. My God. I love Jubilee so much. Have you gotten the Hasbro X-Men animated series figure of her? I think she's starting to ship. Oh, is it? I pre-ordered it, but yeah. Sometimes with Hasbro, I feel like it ships faster if you pre-order from like anywhere else but Hasbro sometimes. I have to ask Vampire Jubilee. Your no, feels. I did not like it. <laughs> I get banna, get banna. <laughs> no. You know, it's funny when I interned at BuzzFeed, I wrote a piece just about Jubilee and it was like why she's like an underrated X-Man. And in it, it was like, you know, even when she's a single mom vampire, you still stand. And my boss was like, Oh, Ian, I saw you mentioned her being a vampire. You should probably steer away from fan fiction stuff when you're talking about her. I was like, oh, no, that really happened in the comments. <laughs> I love it's so funny. I wrote a piece for the advocate about Battlestar Galactica, and they thought it was fan fiction as well. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm sorry. I, it's, I'm not being rude. The second you said that you wrote an article about her. I Googled it and I got into your BuzzFeed page. And so you wrote a lot for BuzzFeed. So I'm just going to minimize this and come back to it because I want to read it. Okay, you're so talented. You had your GQ piece. You're obviously an established writer. Everything you've done with your podcast, like it's just, you're like a powerhouse. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know it sometimes doesn't feel like it. So I, I appreciate you saying. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about Dr. Strange in the multiverse. Yes. Madness. Yeah. Okay. 
We have no notes on this. This is no just notes. a raw reaction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to say this. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 want, I, I want you to say something first because I don't want to. <laughs> it's fine. And, and folks at home, spoiler warning. Yes. Spoiler warning. And this is a safe space. We can have any conversations we want. It's just opinions. I saw some spoilers going into it and I thought it was going to not like it. I watched the movie and I was like, okay, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to hate it. I actually kind of enjoyed it as I was watching it. I enjoyed it. It's when I took a pause and I thought back to the movie and I started scratching the surface that I was like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Haven't we moved past certain tropes in our society? Wasn't that a missed opportunity? That didn't really make any sense. So my initial reaction is, so we were going to watch it again tonight. I was like, I looked at my husband. I was like, I can cancel tickets for tonight. I don't need to see it again tonight. Last night was fun. I was like, I don't want to wait in line to get into the theater. I don't want to be in a crowd. I don't want to have to pee because I had too much of a slushy. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's very telling that on the weekend of like Winter Soldier, of Guardians of the Galaxy, of X-Men First Class, I went, uh, of Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past, I probably went like 10 times in the week. Yeah. I think it's sort of telling that I didn't want to. Well, I will say I'm going again Saturday tomorrow. I am hoping I like it more because I made those plans with a coworker just because we're recording a big episode about it on Sunday. And I wanted, I felt like, even if I don't like the movie, maybe it's like dense, so I should go twice because I expected it to have more. Um, Missed opportunity is what I am saying about this movie. So folks at home, the Illuminati scene is probably the biggest scene in terms of cameos. And that's it. And and 75% of those cameos were spoiled in the trailer. Why? I don't understand why they spoiled like all of the, like okay so the like you said the illuminati scene is like the cameo scene right i expected there to like especially with especially with how they're all treated i expected there to be more cameos like the thing i kept seeing the thing i kept seeing going into this movie was like from people who saw advanced screenings was there's not a lot of multiverse in the movie called multiverse madness and it's true that's what I said when I walked out. I was like, <laughs> they really only went to one. <laughs> yeah. Like... And I thought here, here's where another missed opportunity and we'll get into the Illuminati scene and we'll break it down. Here's where I thought was the biggest missed opportunity when they're jumping. Like you get that montage of them jumping from yeah. multiverse to multiverse, like the paint, the noir, everything. Why wouldn't they go through the Fox X-Men? Why wouldn't they go through the Sam Rainey Spider-Man? Why wouldn't they go through Deadpool? Why would no second? I don't. I'm not the director. I'm not paid to to to, yeah. to get this. But like, I kept waiting to see a cameo. They went through a noir. Why? It was animated ish. Why didn't they have Spider Man Noir just swing through there? Get fuck. You don't even have Nicolas Cage's voice there. You're fine. You know what I right. mean? Like, I don't understand why they didn't do those Easter eggs in something that's called the multiverse of madness. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, no, I 100 agree. And like, it also feels like if we're gonna it just feels like weird to pack all the cameos in the Illuminati scene show almost all of them where that, what there was only two cameos. We didn't, the only two people we didn't see 
on the Illuminati in the trailers, right? And one of them, if you have YouTube, if you go on your YouTube app, it's like suggestive video and someone's spoiling it. So, so there was only one person that I saw and I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And I, right. It's like, this is kind of cool. Oh, they're all dead. Okay. Like, well, here's the, okay. Let, let, let's break down the, the, the Illuminati and the cameos and how we feel about them. Okay. The first that was teased was Xavier. How did you feel about Xavier? Um, I really wish we didn't know he was there because I think that would have been quite the like, I would have been gooped if it was like him, him coming out like in the trailer. I remember thinking the first time we saw that in the trailer, like, oh shit, this is what they're showing us. All these other cameos are going to be bonkers. Like there's yeah. going to be so much cooler stuff. And like, I no. agree. <laughs> well, here's the, I agree. I wish they hadn't shown him in the trailers. Yeah. I wish they would have just done what Sony did, where it's like everyone knows that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire on, are, are in the movie, but they're not going to say anything. Why did they show that? Yeah. I thought we were going to get Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, or Sophie Turner. I have been an advocate for Sophie Turner for showing up as Madeline Pryor. As Madeline Pryor. I thought but- we knew that she was in it. Like, I thought I saw photos of her and that she was like in her jean outfit or something. I thought that was like a confirmed like spoiler. I feel weird about talking about that because she stepped out with Nick Jonas a couple months ago with red hair. And I posted the meme of Catherine Hahn in Parks and Rec where she says, you know, I'm not saying Leslie Nope is a dog killer. I'm just th- saying that like her actions merit questioning, like is she a dog killer? And I switched it to, I'm not saying Sophie Turner's in Dr. Strange. I'm just asking, you know, blah, 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 because she had the red hair. And when I posted that the next day, I saw everyone saying Sophie Turner in Multiverse of Madness. I was like, did I start a false <laughs> internet rumor? It's so weird. But I don't think there was never any set photos, but she did have red hair during the time they were doing the massive reshoots for Dr. Strange. And I want to get into those reshoots because I don't know what they did. I'm going to say it here. I read the leaked script maybe a year and a half ago. And apparently they were, they reshot 75% of the movie. They reshot not story elements, but visual elements because this, what I saw was verbatim what I had read. Oh, really? Back And I thought it was false. I I read it because I didn't think it was true. But anyways, yeah, I agree. The one good thing about Xavier was obviously the score when he came in. And if you looked at the credits, it's billed as X-Men 97 score. Oh, Mm, yeah, do some. Love that. (laughs) But here, I'm going to say something. And like, it's just, I felt the same way after I saw James Marston in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And I'm going to say this about Peace Do right now. I think, (laughs) I think... Much like James Marston, I think his time with the character is over. I I think Patrick Stewart is always going to be Xavier, but his screen presence felt a little lacking and he felt a little tired. I know he's older, but it it, it did not come across as Xavier. You know, does that make sense? Um, I mean that I don't agree with, but I I can see where you would feel that way because it. If it's to be his final appearance, it was a shitty fucking final appearance. <laughs> and I'm tired of him dying and like on screen. Like now we've watched Xavier die three different times on screen. Um, and like, especially now when he's like a lot older, it's like, oh, like don't kill grandpa. Like, Well, how is Wanda going to be irredeemable when she killed the first mutant in the MCU? I mean, and it's Xavier. It's St. Xavier. I mean, 
Xavier in the comics is far from right. safe, yes. yeah. but peace do Xavier is beloved. You killed yeah. a beloved fan favorite. I was like, I was just thinking about like the scene with Miss Calendar when Angel snaps her neck. They purposely put the Angelus face on there. Right. So that way we could love Angel when he comes back with this. I was like, no, that, that that's Wanda. <laughs> that's Wanda grieving, going after her kids, which I support, by the way. We'll get into that. But I don't know. I also want it. I have so many feels on the Xavier. Okay. My, my first thing is I wanted a big psychic battle. Yes. I thought we were going to get what, where the fuck was this psychic battle? She disposed of him so easily. And he's like one of the most powerful telepaths and like, fine, if you're going to kill him, but like make it, uh, cause the scene when he walks into her mind did look cool. Like I was like, Oh, we're going there. This is going to be awesome. But then he dies like, Two seconds later, I thought he was going to have like the armor and everything with the sword, like how we typically see him on the psychic plane. And they're going to go at it because yeah. the visuals in this movie were great. And I thought they were going to go at it. But no, we, we, we didn't. And she just, you know, it was very Jean Grey. My second point was it was very Jean Grey in the Dark Phoenix saga, especially in the animated series where you see like, Jean, there you are. And, yeah. you know, it just felt a little ah. I don't know. I just wanted, I would have forgiven it had we got in a big psychic battle. Yeah. I just, I mean, also she was just, it felt like I said this and someone was like, well, in the comics, I'm like, I know, but like, it felt like she was disposing of everyone just like far too easily. Mm -hmm. And like the thing that bothered me, sorry, she's killing everyone so easily Yet Doctor Strange, who is not the Sorcerer Supreme in this universe, is like the only one that seems to be able to evade her. But it felt like the way she's killing people, she could easily kill these two. Like, it just felt like, yeah, you know, I, it, right? Like, like they're running after her. And I thought that was a really, I mean, she's running after them, like when she's limping. And I felt so bad for her. Like, I really felt for one in that scene. But I was like, girl, why don't you just go like that and open like a little, like, like open up a portal and they fall through it, you know, like yeah. you, you can like travel through water. I think the problem is Wanda's powers in the MCU are whatever the writer wanted to be yeah. for a specific scene rather than delineating rules and regulations for how her powers work. But anyways, Haley Atwell as Captain Carter. The disrespect to my beloved Peggy Carter. I was so mad. And I will say, so every rumor, and I think I might've said this to you, it feels like every rumor I saw that I said out loud, that sounds stupid, ended up being true. Because I had read, Wanda will murder the Illuminati, that's why she's covered in blood. And I was like, they're not doing that. That's so stupid. There's no way that happens. And then the moment I saw, the moment Peggy Carter was like, I could do this all day. I was like, oh, they're all dying, damn it. And like, then she gets sliced in half. I she thought looked that great. Was, she looked wonderful. I want my own agent carter captain carter spinoff she looked wonderful i was worried how are they going to translate that design from what if to the movie flawless yeah that's it she looked great i mean she was wonderful the only thing here's the thing that i don't understand because we saw this too with his uh, with dr strange's variant and 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 captain carter why wasn't it the version that was in what if this is like another version of that version and it, for me, it just felt like a missed opportunity to tie in those themes. I thought it was going to be the Agent Carter, I keep saying Agent Carter, Captain Carter that we saw in What If. It's an entirely different variant. Just like all the mean Doctor Stranges we saw in this are not the one that we saw that almost threatened the multiverse. Right, right. 
or Which, reality in that case again is weird right because we so from my podcast we did that recording for yeah. that episode of what if and it was like hmm, none of this tied in like none of it like really mattered right <laughs> i but again i love Haley atwell i am yeah. sorry that captain carter had to die very easily i wish she wouldn't have been i don't like i appreciate the nods in marvel movies i always will appreciate the nods however I think she was more than just saying I could do this all day. Like I, I wanted a little bit more. Like it didn't feel earned. It felt like they were doing that blockbuster moment. But by the way, the audience cheered. My audience cheered. But they also cheered when Nicole Kidman came up for that AMC commercial. So it was a very generous audience. But I mean, listen, Nicole Kidman and that AMC commercial. I, that just means you had a gay audience, right? <laughs> it, yeah, we were we were all LGBTQIA plus <laughs> in our in, in our audience. There was no mistaking that. Like, no one got up to go to the bathroom. And that opening where Wanda reveals like that she's evil, you you heard all the audible gasps. Like, <laughs> okay, all right. Next one is obviously Marie Rambeau as Captain uh, Marvel. I liked her. I mean, she didn't get a lot to do, but I liked I liked seeing her. Yeah, I mean, listen, Lashana Lynch, fantastic. Yeah. Love love her. I think she, out of all of the representation with the Illuminati, she was great. I I'm sad that she that she died. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's Captain Marvel power. She should have been a powerhouse to Wanda, but I don't know. It's like in the Captain Marvel movie, you know, Carol's supposed to be the strongest Avenger. Uh, in you know, in Thor, he's supposed to be really strong, and right. in Doctor Strange, now she's really strong, and then in Endgame, is Thanos who's really strong. Like, I just need some hierarchy here. Like, yeah. you know, you know what I mean. Like, Wanda, I think, gets a pass on that because of how her powers work. But I, I was surprised that that Captain Marvel was defeated so easily because it also feels like she was the only one where I was like, wait, is she not dead? Because like a statue, a giant statue crushing Carol Danvers wouldn't do anything. I agree. So like she would I, just like lift it up, right? I, I'm so glad you said that. I actually blocked that from my memory. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, she can't be dead. Like, that's nothing. They, yeah. They, they can travel through space. You know what I mean? Like, and then they show her <laughs> going like that. I was like, that is so bad. There's a lot of like hand movements in this that I thought were bad. Like, like uh, the uh, Captain Marvel's hand, and then when America is like, I can do this, and she closes her fist. I'm like, this is such a cheesy, and the camera lingers there for like a second. I'm like, don't do that. All right, I have a hot take here, Go and it's it. it's that Sam Raimi, when he's good, he's really good. When he's bad, he's really bad. Um, and I think this movie was a perfect summation of that because I think. Like you said, some of the shots were gorgeous, but I also think some of the shots looked like they belonged in like a movie in 1995. Um, and I think that's that's Sam Raimi for me. Like, I don't think he's, I think he can be really good. I love his horror movies. Um, I don't love the Spider-Man trilogy that much. I don't, I don't, I don't think those movies are that good. Um, even when they were them. out, I was like, this isn't that good. Like, No, I rewatched them, obviously, in anticipation of No Way Home. When they came out back in like 2002, I thought they were terrible. I still think they're terrible. I right? think the acting is cheesy. I don't think they've aged well. I appreciate the nostalgia aspect right. yes. of it. Tobey Maguire, I, I I get that. It's, I was like, ah! Yeah, so he has like, as a director, I'm not always a big fan, to be honest, but I appreciate the work 
he's done in the horror genre. And I don't want to diminish that, but it's just, it's his, his, his style has never been for me. It's a distinct style. I'm surprised how much of that did come into this movie and how much of that did feel like antiquated approaches. Just my thoughts, but okay. Obviously black bolt. We had, what's his name? What's his name? I'm forgetting. Anson Mount, Anson Mount. Okay. But that was the best part of the Inhumans TV show for me. I was like, I love Zaddy. Like I <laughs> like Zaddy was everything for me. I will say that's the one I did not watch. And that was one of the other rumors that I said out loud, literally Thursday at work to my manager. I saw uh multiverse of madness with, I said, Oh, people keep saying that they brought back the actor from the Inhumans. There is no way the MCU is going to reference their like worst failed show and bring back that actor. If they have Black Bolt, they'll just recast him. But then it was him. I was like, what? <laughs> I, I think he looked great. Yeah. I actually giggled or gasped. I don't remember what my reaction was when Wanda's like, what mouth? And like, he's like, I was like, oh my God, that was brilliant. Like, I thought that was very sharp and witty. I'm sorry he died so quickly. I would have, I know we saw his power in the flashback when he killed their version of Strange. I would have liked to have seen it. So. I, I would have liked, because, okay, so a thing that bothered me about that was, like, he can blow a hole in his mouth. Like, that doesn't make sense that, like, it wouldn't just be, like, and, like, explode. Oh, out. that's, I thought Wanda gave him, like, uh, an aneurysm I or something like that. I thought No, she, it, he tried to talk and he blew out his head. Oh, interesting. I thought she Joyce summers him. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> Um, oh, I get it now. Well, why wasn't it more? Yeah, I agree with you. Okay. I I should be watching the movie again tonight because <laughs> there were some things I didn't like quite pick up on or I don't remember. But okay. Listen, I was okay with it. I was okay with, okay with Black Bolt there. I thought he looked good. No qualms. Again, I wish he would have been utilized better. Again, a, a bigger fight scene. Yeah. A bigger fight scene. Let's talk about the big one. John Krasinski as mr fantastic i was i was genuinely surprised that was spoiled for me was it yeah i saw it like (laughs) on youtube but but black bolt was a nice surprise for me but anyway (laughs) wait listen i have feels about his performance i will say the wap the second i saw him in that fantastic four outfit i was like look good i was like oh yeah oh yeah but i think he's i don't think he's a good reed richards to be oh really I didn't think he was that good. I think, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting his name from the original Fantastic Four movies. Oh, uh, Johan Gufford. Yeah, there we go. I thought he was a fantastic read. This one, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Oh. Some, something with the delivery of the lines didn't feel great to me. I don't know. That's on, that's on me. I, I've wanted him and Emily Blunt in the MCU in these roles. So I don't want to be that person now to be like, mm. I just feel maybe it was more the scene setup. That's fair. I mean, it was all very fast. So, like, I felt like, yeah, sure. I cast him as Reed in the MCU when we get there. But, like, I don't know. I, I liked him. I thought he looked really handsome. Um, and I I wish his death weren't so pathetic. It was so pathetic. Like, so pathetic. And so, like, he's he, arguably he's one of the smartest people in, like, Marvel Comics, right? And, like, it just felt stupid that, like, dude, like, you saw what she just did to Black Bull and you're gonna what? What are, you, what are you doing with your little elasty hand? Like, she's going <laughs> to kill you. And then she did. <laughs> the way she popped his head, like, 
Yeah, I was just like, don't pop Zaddy's head. Um, yeah, I here's the thing that I first of all, the Illuminati, the entire scene should have been the biggest fight sequence to yeah. date in the MCU. We're talking this is the team. This is supposed to be the definitive team, even in the comics. Right. They're the ones shaping the world. So they should have gone to fight. They should have contingency plans for someone like Wanda. I can't believe that Wanda is their, the most powerful person they have faced in this universe, given that they already faced Thanos, right? right? I It should have been a bigger scene. I also don't like, and this is a pet peeve of mine, and this is what I thought about in the Moon Knight finale. I don't like it when the audience is smarter than the characters in the movies, right? Yeah. In Moon Knight, spoilers for Moon Knight, you know, we know there's a third personality there. No one questions it. We all saw the Easter eggs. You think the characters themselves would question, oh, we both blacked out. Oh, there was a third tomb in our head. Oh, there must be another variant here, or excuse me, another altar. Right. Similarly here, like Doctor Strange is coming saying the Scarlet Witch is coming. And the second that she was able to infiltrate their, their fortress and, you know, kill Black Bolt, who's supposed to be pretty OP, Maybe you guys inch your way back a little bit and regroup and have a conversation. You said it perfectly. Pathetic. <laughs> and like, yeah, I think maybe like you said, if it were longer, it would have felt more earned to like, okay, like they fought real hard and she killed them. But it's like she disposes of them so quickly that it felt like, why are we doing this? Yeah, I don't again, I don't mind that they died. I don't want to be that person. It was like me, me, me. They killed right. them. the power says blah, blah. I think what you said, again, this is why you're so great. <laughs> it's It wasn't earned. The deaths weren't earned. It's it's almost like you were pur- you purposely put them there just so they can die. Like back in um, the Ultimate uh, Universe crossover Ultimatum, where yeah. they just murdered characters for the sake of murdering characters in shock value. And I don't I don't think people understand, or I don't think Sam Rainey or, or people involved in the production, the consequences this could have for a character like Wanda. Don't get me wrong. I love... I love a character who goes dark, does shitty things, and then kind of comes back from it. But we're talking like she murdered some like really lovable characters that people were eager to see. It's not even just a redemption story arc. Like it's a PR nightmare. <laughs> right. Like for the like, audience, the audience it, being the PR. It felt like character assassination. It felt like the, the character assassination of Wanda Maximoff by the coward Sam Raimi is how it felt to me. Like, <laughs> well, let's talk about Wanda in the movie. All right. Let's talk about Wanda. What do you think? okay there were some moments that i thought were really cool i first of all they went from zero to 60 like when they were you know when he was visiting her i thought that was already with the gore mountain apparently it wasn't at the end of wandavision and she's here like oh i was always a terrible liar and it's like this destroyed disney for it was so campy it was like disney movie you know evil force and i was just like okay wow this is this is a choice here (laughs) i in the moment i was kind of like but upon it's kind of i don't so that's where i'm gonna start there let's start there um i'll say i hated it the moment like the moment it was like oop nope she's an evil villain i was like well i hate this like that was i Anyone who would listen to me, I'd be like, there's no way they can make Wanda a full villain in this. She's got to have some nuance. There's got to be some depth. But they sure did just make her a full villain with no nuance. And I will say Brett White, who is a regular on my podcast, he tweeted. 
Yeah, I love Brett. He's great. He tweeted after seeing it in whatever preview night on Tuesday. This makes sense. And it was a screenshot from Rolling Stone from um, the writer of the movie said, I still haven't actually watched WandaVision. I just watched some key moments. Mm. And like, motherfucker, that showed. Like, I felt like that's very apparent and is not surprising that you did not watch WandaVision because WandaVision felt like queer people and women like writing a like strong woman who is grieving, but has, there's a nuance and there's a story. And this felt like a man who's like, Oh, crazy bitch. Got it. That's what she's going to be. Well, and like, well, okay. First of all. So I, I heard the rumors going in that Wanda is going to be destroying the multiverse in search of her kids. I thought that was a very beautiful story. I thought that was extremely beautiful. You know, I was, I was a feminist minor in college and as at my MFA at the new school, I did a world building seminar and we talked about motherhood and how motherhood is typically perceived as a passive quality. Mm. And one of the things that I really liked about this movie in particular was showed how active motherhood is as a quality. And I really, I, I appreciate that we've all lost someone. And if someone told you right now, the person you lost is out there in the multiverse, to what lengths will you go to destroy, you know, to, to get to them. I would destroy everything to get to, to, to the souls I want. That being said, though, there were points in it that I was like, this is like, you're just making her evil. You're just making her hysterical, hysterical woman, yes. which is a toxic trope that I cannot believe Kevin Feige wasn't like, hold up here. Right. And, yes. And for me, the, the second I was like, okay, this is awful, was when she's here like, I don't care. I, I need... I need, you know, America's powers so I can jump any multiverse and find a cure if they get sick or something like that. I'm like, okay, that is so irrational. Like, I understand wanting to get America. I, I thought the plot would have been her wanting to get America, jumping universes to a universe where Tommy and Billy are at. But by doing that, it's going to cause an incursion or something like that. It's going to cause the multiverse to collapse. And one is like, I don't care. I'm going to this universe. Yeah. I thought that made a little bit more sense than her being like, I'm just going to hijack my variant's body. Fuck that variant. And right. fuck, fuck this child. I, it just felt really awful, like very underdeveloped. Yeah. Yes. Because that's that, like, even before she kills Reed, she at least is like, is their mother alive? And she's like, good. So they'll still have a mom. And like, but with America, I felt like she was like, fuck that kid. Like it was very, like if her whole point if we're getting to like uh, mom, mom is her point, right? Being a mom. And if that, like, it feels like then she wouldn't be, and I mean, granted, she is a white woman talking about a Hispanic person. So like, of course, but like, I felt like she should have had a little bit more compassion with America. If her whole point was I'm a loving mother, right? Like, well, here's missed opportunity again, is what I'm defining this movie as because on that altar, when they're at Windagore Mountain and she's going to sacrifice her. I thought the line was going to be from America to Wanda. I get it. I lost my moms. Yeah. You know, my moms, two moms are gone. Your kids, two of your kids are gone. I understand grief. They did not connect at all. I biggest missed opportunity. I mean, I think the problem was because I thought that's like, before she started murdering all the fucking sorcerers and trainees in wherever that land is they go. Um, I thought that there was going to be some kind of like reconnecting of like discussing trauma and like, that's how we solve it. But there really was, it was the, the, 
the quote unquote depth was like shallow as hell. And like, that's what bothered me is because it felt like we could have it very easily. They could have told this story where Wanda is getting increasingly, increasingly more unhinged. And I think the fact that all of her, like all of that happened off screen really bothered me. So it should have been like, yes, she's going to help them. And then maybe she's like, wait a minute, I could get my kids back. This is a way I can get my, and like slowly starts to turn on them where like the Illuminati getting murdered is like the first time we see her kill people. And then that makes it more brutal. Like that would have been like, she's murdering people in her second scene. And it's like, did you not watch WandaVision? Because literally the end of WandaVision was like, she is, she realized she did wrong and she didn't murder anyone, but she realized she did wrong. And then in here, it's like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to murder people now. And I just hate that. And I also hate the fact, I'm sorry, I'm ranting. Agatha had the dark hold and Agatha was like perfectly fine. Agatha was like having fun, right? Like she was more of like a Catwoman villain where she's not like she murdered people at like Salem, but like wasn't murdering anyone in Westview to get what she wanted. She was able to just like, you know, be this villain who's like having fun and like tackling and like taking control of minds, but not murdering a shit ton of people. So if Agatha, who is arguably a less powerful witch, can have it and not be fully corrupt into like a terrorist, and then Wanda gets it and she becomes full supervillain twisting mustache, that felt also cheap to me. No, I we're on the same page. It, 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 and it doesn't make... Again, I don't know if maybe they didn't have a chance to see WandaVision because <laughs> it wasn't done by the time they were doing the, the filming for this. I don't remember the production schedules. I, the big question I have is, well, why is Wanda jumping universes looking for her kids when those technically aren't her kids, they're variants, her kids, why isn't she trying to recreate them? Why isn't she trying to find their souls? I thought initially what the plot was also going to be was that the souls of the twins went into another multiverse, you know, whatever, you know, you can explain it anywhere, but she was going after her world's kids those kids that she lost. I don't understand why getting the variants there would, would somehow help or why she wouldn't recreate it. The other thing that I didn't quite, I thought was a big missed opportunity in this movie was Paul Bettany. Yeah. I, I have, it felt like I said this to a friend last night, vision's absence felt like when an actor like commits murder or rape and they're like, we need to cut the character out. Totally. Like, Fuck, like we need we don't want that Chris person associated in, in, yeah. in, just like that yeah they're like no the character never existed never existed and i like, mean it, it, it was i mean crazy. i guess he did say something about amber <laughs> but like i even at the end i was like oh is he gonna walk through that front door when like wanda is attacking her kids i really was like oh like because i will say wanda's when the kids like see her and they're scared of her that was maybe my favorite that was the only emotional beat that did land. Yeah. Um, and that felt like something that easily could have happened way earlier in the movie to give her more of a like, oh, now I'll help. Um, I thought Vision was going to walk through the door and it'd be like, that would also like make her realize what a monster she's come. That like this adult man who like is the love of her life is walking through the door and being terrified of her. That would have that would have made sense. And I just don't understand why he wasn't mentioned at all, right? Like- why was how do those kids exist? Yeah, yeah, how do those kids exist in those universes? 
I mean, like, again, and, and I thought it was a little too convenient that she jumped into the body, sleepwalked into the body of a variant that's the Illuminati world that they were on. It, it all felt very convenient. I know there's a line where Dr. Strange is like, you're always punching us to like the right place. That's fine. Yeah. But Wanda is traveling multiverse. She could have gone to an infinite amount of right. worlds. She happened to go to that one. Like that threw me off. When I saw it, I saw that scene in the trailer of her flying off. I thought, and again, that was a great scene of seeing her fly off, but they spoiled it in the trailer. I thought she was going to jump the multiverse to their world because she could sense that they were trying to stop her, trying to bind her powers. I don't know. I just, mm, it was just kind of weird. I don't, I, I don't like how they handled Wanda. I also like at the end, I was like, really? She's going to kill herself. Like, right. Like this is so melodramatic. Like really like, of all, like I don't know. It, it feels like in house of M and a, another reviewer said this, another, like another story of Wanda not having agency over yes. her story. And it's someone who doesn't understand the character who you just said it perfectly was just like, okay, crazy bitch. Got it. She was a crazy bitch in this. And they, they keep saying like, she's doing this for her children, blah, blah, blah. I like that rationale. Again, I have no problem sure, with that yeah. plot point, but how you said it just now, no nuances in that. And like, not to be that gay guy, but like, it bothered me that the the three main women all felt like they had no agency. I love, 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 love America Chavez so much. And I was, the, the actress was great. I didn't dislike her. It's just that character is so strong, confident, and sassy. And Marvel does sassy really well. And now this is the second time. Because in the internals, I was really mad about Cersei. Because she is, you know, super, like, confident, tough, badass in the comics. And then in the movie, it was like... Oh, she's very meek. Um, and I don't understand, like I do, but I don't understand why it's like, that's a very easily translatable character into a Marvel movie. Like do it, the personality, just take it and put it in Marvel. Like that makes sense. Here they had her so subdued and she was more just like the character, like a power conduit for the plot. She was a plot device and she didn't get to do much, which really bummed me out. Um, I still liked her. I just wish she could have had more agency. And then like, you know, Rachel McAdams, Christine, I'm like, we're still not giving her much to do. Like, she's uh, still just a love interest. Right. I, like, I totally it. thought this movie they would give her because we saw like the outfit she wears. I was like, all right, that could be like a superhero outfit. Maybe she like gets some shit to do. But no. With with America Chavez, here's here's my thing. I thought the actress did a fine job, but it's what they did with Rogue in X1 uh-huh. where where, you know, they, they introduce a very erratically different subdued version of the character, as you said. And I think people were expecting a bit more of a powerful character. I, 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 I thought she would have been more like Eliza Dunsku, where it's like, boom, right there. Oh, yeah. and, and still be vulnerable. By the way, right. you can still be vulnerable. You can still be timid. You can still not know how your powers work. My worry with the actress is that I don't think she'll have the range to do that the version of America Chavez. I could be wrong because obviously, as we know, Anna Pacman went on to play Suki Stackhouse in True Blood, <laughs> aka the Southern Vampire Mystery Series, which I love so much. She nailed it. We never got to see her fully do that in Days of Future Past. Again, missed opportunity that she was in here like plus sugar <laughs> and like pound those fucking sentinels. I worry that this actress is more of a Buffy to, to follow with that faith Buffy analogy. 
too emotionally vulnerable in the eyes, stuff like that. Too, too sweet of a, of a human to play that rough of a character. Like, I don't think she, I, I hope yeah. I'm wrong. I hope yeah. I'm wrong because when she started punching the stars for reality, I was like, Oh yeah, that power. Yeah. yeah. That is a great visual. And she did it well, but I wanted, like you said, I needed a character who was a bit more sassy, very in your face, unforgiving. Um, I have no opinion on Rachel McAdams. I've never been a stan of Rachel McAdams. I don't hate her. I love the time traveler's wife quite a bit. I love the <laughs> book. I love, I, I believe the character's name is Claire. I loved her in the movie. And I love Mean Girls. That's where I end with, yeah. I don't think I, I've seen The Notebook in a while, so I can neither, I can't talk about The Notebook, but I did see Ryan Gosling in the Meatpacking District once, and he was really handsome. His all, that's all my opinions. I have no doubt that he is very handsome in person. Um, yeah, I mean, I totally thought in this one they were going to give her finally powers and like just make her a version of like Clea is what yeah. I thought. Same. Um. And I would have been fine with, like, I, I don't mind when Marvel does a little bit of fudging with the characters. That never really bothers me. I actually kind of like switching it up and being like, like, you know, in Moon Knight, spoiler again for Moon Knight, like, sure, this character we created, we're going to make her, a, like, I like that kind of shit because it makes it a little a little different. It doesn't have to be one for one. Um, so, yeah, I would have been okay with, oh, we'll give her powers and then she will become a character, like, a character that that's not the alias to, but like, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's fine. So let's talk about the post credit scene before we get to Strange himself. Obviously, we had Clea introduced as portrayed by Charlize Theron. Uh, what did you think? I love Charlize Theron. I just need to say that I love her. Uh, Atomic Blonde is a movie with a bad plot, but a great fucking action scenes. And she is fantastic. Monster. Um, yeah, she's a great actor. Clea looked, I'm going to sound like a drag race judge. It looked like a party city outfit. Like I was like, yes, this looks so Street. cheap. Yeah. She went to 14th and 6th. She went to like, she just picked up that outfit before she like her eyeliner <laughs> eyeliner in general in this movie. I was like, what the, when they zoomed in on Wanda's eyes, yes. I was like, what the fuck is this eye makeup? This looks like they went to Claire's and like <laughs> literally like I, yeah, I, Listen, they're obviously doing Secret Wars. I appreciate that. That's the road we're leading to. I will say I think there are too many balls in the air right now with Marvel. Like, we know at the end of Shang-Chi, something big was coming. It was something, something. You know, we had the redefinition Spider-Man. You know, we know the Thunderbolts are coming. They're they're throwing so much, and now we're doing Secret Wars. I'm here for it. I just need them to stop throwing and start developing plot. That's it. You know, that's I, I, I kind of thought Multiverse of Madness was like, did you see that clip of Kevin Feige where he said like, well, what Loki did and then the oh, spell yeah, and Spider-Man know it. And like, I'm going to call bullshit because like none of that mattered for this movie. Like it didn't matter. None of it. And I need them to stop. I thought that this would be the lead up. And I was like, good. You know what? I'm glad because I don't love the idea of 10 years of teasing us. Oop, there's Thanos in five seconds. Oop, there he is again. But like, he's not really a threat. I don't like that shit. For me, I'm like, Either it's all of these movies coming out lead up to the thing, or we can let things stand on their own. Yeah, he was saying that because Kang is no longer there, the timeline is vulnerable. That's why Strange was able to do the spell. It doesn't make any sense. No, I'm sorry. Then then they discover that. Then Charles Xavier says, well, we know the timeline right. is in jeopardy because Kang is no longer around. You know what I mean? 
And that's why this stra- this strange was able to cross over like that. That that's how you do it. And then you're like, okay, fine, this all makes sense. There is none of that. Loki. Oh, no, Loki and Sylvie. Another missed opportunity. Why aren't Loki and Sylvie there? And I totally thought that we knew Loki. Like I thought that it was like said that Tom Hiddleston was in. Not like a rumor. Like I thought yeah. that that was like he was. Yeah, going he was on to the call sheet. Yeah. Right? Wasn't he? Like I thought he was. Again, missed opportunity. So fine, sure, just. Stop, stop giving us new plots, start seeding things. Kevin Feige came across really strange to me on the red carpet as someone who's seen all of his red carpet stuff. The way he was talking, I know they were coming off of their next planning retreat like 10 years. So maybe boyfriend was just tired, but he just felt like really insecure for me when talking about this movie. I don't know. I hyper analyze every person again auctioneer i have to know who's going to bid and who's not going <laughs> to bid so i look at people on a very subtle nuanced level and there was just something about him that felt off on the red carpet here he felt fine to me on eternals so hmm. given that but yeah sad i'm sad that it didn't quite work out um in terms of the multiverse plot so strange himself what did you think of strange i I felt the way I always feel about strange, but there was this movie had so much going on. He works better for me as like, I think the first doctor strange is fairly boring. I think everything looks very cool, but I think as a character, he works better with an ensemble. And I think that's why he worked better here because it, while it is his movie, there was still like a shit ton of other characters and like stuff going on. Right. And at the end of the day, I, the thing that annoyed me most was everyone kept saying, it's not Wanda, it's you to Doctor Strange, but it sure seemed like it was just Wanda, right? Like, she was the one doing all the murder. And there wasn't a point when it felt like, oh, yeah, 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 that, there you go, it's Doctor Strange's fault. Like, there was never a point. And to your to your point of, like, maybe if Xavier had said, well, the spells you've been casting Strange are what's, like, messing everything up, all we needed was like one line of dialogue to be like or like that's why wanda can travel because of what you did strange exactly you broke in the multiverse you know you know that because kang isn't here and you casted that spell now wanda can like actions in other movies had consequences here it didn't make any sense to me i thought the the flashback to them killing that variant strange I would have liked to have seen like Wolverine putting his head down, you know, his head, head down holding, like have a cameo in there and then being like, this is our last hope. Like that should have been a big scene in the movie where it sets up, sets up strange as a, as a threat. I listen, I don't understand why, for why if, if he used the dark home, why does he, why didn't Wanda have a, an eye? Why does he have an eye? I don't know. It, it, for me, a lot of the world building just seems messy. I don't even know. I have to watch it again to really take notes, but it well, just felt very sloppy. Well, and like what you just mentioned really bothered me too, that like the movie ends with like Dr. Strange is like walking and then he's like, ah, and then he has that eye, right? Yeah. Then we get the 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 mid credit scene and he's fine. He yeah. has the other eye, but he's fine. And it's like, then what was that? Like, why was that like a... <gasps> like gasp cliffhanger and then we just see him again like well i'm fine like and he's fine like well, i'm sorry is he really gonna destroy the multiverse is he gonna cause like earth's colliding now and like for all that shit like this is the multiverse movie like i don't want 85 more so i don't understand why that was nothing was solved with like him destroying it like 
if it should have been called like Doctor Strange versus Wanda, because that's really what it was. Yeah. It wasn't about the multi. It was just about that. And like, we didn't explain why or uh, it, it just off. felt like, oh, all the other versions went corrupt, but this one didn't. And the, the last thing I'm going to say about Strange is I fucking hate his wig. I mean, what is <laughs> up with the wig department? It is such an obvious bad wig. I don't get it. Like, where is Benedict's people here? Like, are they like, listen, that wig, like, can we get some super glue here? Like, it looks terrible. I will say his wig, I barely noticed just because I feel like that's what he always looks like. Rachel McAdams wig was really bad. Oh, yes. And that oh. color, I was like, why are they doing? Why do they love a really bad red colored wig? Right? They know. do. There's something there in the costume department that we need to get talked to the wig people. Let's, like, let's track right? down the wig people. It's, and it's always the red ones that look the worst. Like when they give Wanda that weird, like orangey red look, it always looks bad. God, that can be another episode <laughs> in of itself. All the right. wigs of Marvel. On a scale of one to 10, how do you rate the movie? I will be revisiting this because I'm seeing it again tomorrow. But as it stands right now, I would give it like a four. Okay, I'm about a six. Okay. I will say, if you're watching it for the first time, I, I was fine with it. I, I, I think it was more shock than anything that you're just kind of going with. Like that scene where Wanda comes out of like the mirror and her hands are like that. I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I did have that entertainment element for, as a viewer. But again, the more I thought about it, <laughs> the more I'm like, okay, what just happened? And thinking of all the missed opportunities, six. And I'm, I think this is going to be disastrous for Wanda going forward. I, I don't mind that she kills people at all. I really, that's not even an issue. It's just how it was executed in the, in the script and in the movie. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a thing for the I, character. I, I'm sorry. I'm like cheaping us. I, my, I'm going to tell you my issue with murder. Cause I'm not like precious about morals. Have you ever watched killing Eve? No, I haven't. Okay, so I only watched season one, so I didn't finish the show. I thought I, I hated it after season one, and I was like, what do people like about this? My issue is the morals we set within a universe of a show, right? And then we break them, but then we make allowances. And I, I get annoyed in a show where, you know, Sandra O oh is playing, she's working for the police. She's working for, I think maybe it's M16. I, but she's working for like that kind of, her partner and best friend is murdered by Eve in like the second episode. And for me, I felt, well, we're going to forgive that though. But like, you literally are a cop and like, that was your friend and she killed him. And like, we're just going to blow past that. And like, now you're going to have a will they or won't they like, that's the shit. And like in the, you know, in the universe of this, in the MCU, it's like, these heroes don't kill. That's a big thing. They don't kill. So for me, I'm like, well, how do we bring Wanda back from murdering? Like, 800 people in this movie like i don't understand where she can get re like where there's room for any redemption other than ooh, the dark hold was like corrupting me um and i don't buy that because we didn't i don't i don't like buy that as like a, a reasoning because we didn't see it yeah um, because well and also her motives weren't like i want to bring a demon into this reality her her motives were very human in right. that she wanted her kids back so yeah she may have been corrupted by the dark the, the dark home but it still wasn't like she was doing something like evil that Wanda wouldn't normally do. This is something Wanda wanted and, and was going after. And again, it was so brief that scene with Xavier. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and by the way, I still had issues at the end of WandaVision. 
I was like, you mentally traumatized an entire town and you just flew away as if nothing happened. So that to me was a pretty horrendous thing. And now here again, I just, I don't know. Wait, we'll see when she appears in the next movie. Next yeah. thing. I don't believe she's dead. I hope she's not dead. That would be yeah. atrocious if they just killed her. I also thought when they're like, oh, she's destroying the dark home in every reality. I'm like, how? how? Right. How? Like she, she literally just, I also want you to see like, I'm the one who has to close it. I'm like, but you didn't open it. Right. Like, I'm not like, how does she open up the dark home in, in Windigore mountain? Like I, wh- how I don't get it. Like the statue, I thought the doors would open with the, the Scarlet witch behind her, the, the, the tomb of the Scarlet witch. And like, maybe, but like, she literally just cast a spell once she got there. And then she's like, now I have to destroy. I didn't get it. Yeah. 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 Anyways, Ian, thank you so much for. I was like, let's just do fifteen to twenty minutes. And I know here we are like an hour and a half later. <laughs> thank you. I have been dying to get you on. Anyone who listens knows I am severely backlogged, and <laughs> I have just been dying to have you because I think you're so smart. You're so charismatic. Thank you for Thanks. taking the time. Thanks for having me. I'm. A, I was. I was very flattered that you wanted to do this with me. On the off chance that no one knows where to find you, which I think would be ridiculous because <laughs> anyone who is listening here or engaging with the Power of X-Men community knows where to find you. But why don't you tell us what, what, where can folks find you and what exciting episodes do you have on the horizon? Um, you can find me. So SlayerFest98 is at SlayerFestX98 on all social media platforms. We're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you get your podcasts. And I am at Ian X Carlos on all social media platforms. And uh, coming up, we've got we've got a Multiverse of Madness episode, and then it's going to be a break because then we're going to start our Angel coverage in June. I have some, I have ten new co-hosts for the Angel stuff. I'm very excited to announce who they are. I got some like pretty ambitious um, gets, and uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> I cannot wait. I I cannot wait to follow along with Angel. I I don't want to say this and end our episode on such a contentious note. At certain points, I do like Angel better than Buffy. Ugh. <laughs> that is an opinion usually a lot of my straight friends have. I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. But here's, the, and this is how I always say, like with Emma and Jean, one is a hamburger, the other is a pizza. Very, depends on my mood. You know That's what I mean? Right. Yeah. Very different. Very savory in their own right. Not bad. But sometimes I want a pizza. Sometimes I want a hamburger. But anyways, That's we fair. will discuss that another day. I am at Power of X-Men. We have Steve Orlando coming up. We have Lawrence Bain, who is the voice of Cable, coming up as well. We did have an episode with the Lee Walds recorded on One Man's Worth, but my laptop broke. (gasps) It's my third laptop in a year. So obviously this wasn't a freak accident. I'm self-destructive. I was in Canada and someone bumped into me and I was drinking Pedialyte because <laughs> someone had a good time on the flight and was dehydrated. <laughs> I got it right here. Someone, I had the same exact one. What is that? <laughs> That's like the tropical flavor, right? Yep. Yeah. I, dr- I drink it because I get dehydrated smoking weed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had five drinks on my flight. Literally, <sighs> I arrived dehydrated and I had a gig and I was like, oh, absolutely not. And uh, someone bumped into me and my entire laptop got soaked, but uh, sorry. So, but the Leewalds are amazing humans. I'm sure we'll have them on again to re-record that, but follow us along and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>